Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gabby. And we are two first-year physical therapy students sharing our grad school experiences to help PT students around the world. Embark on this journey with us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Are you struggling financially in PT school? Are you a PT student struggling to find scholarships? Not enough scholarships offered at your school. We have started the Gratitude Scholarship for PT students, no matter what year, no matter what school you guys can apply. We are raising $5,000. You can check out our GoFundMe link in the description and you can donate, apply, whatever, check it out. We are so excited to be giving this away in the summer of 2019 for our very first time. If you're enrolled in the summer of 2019, interested in applying for the scholarship, you can submit a video no longer than two minutes answering these two questions. What is your vision of physical therapy in the future? And what are you doing outside of the classroom as a PT student? If you answer these two questions and email us the video and submit it before May 1st, then you will be eligible for the scholarship. So check it out, guys. Definitely worth applying. It doesn't take long. We look forward to hearing all your submissions. Thank you. So welcome to another episode of Gratitude, everyone. And for today's episode, we have a very special guest with us. That is Chloe. So welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be here with you guys. Super excited. We are so excited to talk to you more and we recently saw each other at CSM, but I feel like it was kind of brief, but now we get to talk more. But what do you have going on in your PT world right now? Right now in my PT world, I just finished applying for a neuro residency. I applied to two places, um, submitted my applications on March 1st, and I have an interview to one place. So that's kind of what's going on right now. And then I'm also finishing up a rotation in spinal cord injury and studying for the NPTE at the same time. So that's kind of busy, busy, but it's good. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. You have a lot going on, but it sounds incredible. I mean, being in your third year, firstly, sounds oh, incredible. Yeah. Yep, third year. Almost there. You guys will be there soon. And <laughs> it flies by, honestly, which is crazy. Yeah. And first of all, for those who haven't heard, I don't think I've heard this either, like your story into PT school, like what got you interested in the first place? Yeah. So to start with like PT school, it took me, I think like three or four tries to, well, three, I would say to get in. Like I haven't really thought about it in so long since I've been in, but um, yeah, like three different cycles. Um, The first cycle, I didn't really try so hard to apply. I kind of just did it. The second cycle, I was like, oh, like, let me just kind of retake the GRE and, you know, do that. Didn't work out because I wasn't being holistic and looking at everything that needed to change for my application. The third time around, I retook classes. I got stronger letters of rec and applied and got five different interviews and three or four acceptances. Then I accepted here in Tampa. So that's where I've been ever since. So it took you three tries and then you got like accepted into most, like the majority of the ones that you applied to? I did. I got a pretty good um, number of acceptances that time, which was kind of nice. Like I didn't think I would. 
because it was just such a struggle to get in. But once you get in, it only takes one school. So that's pretty much like why um, I always encourage people to continue applying because you never know what's going to happen. One of my good friends just got in after applying for like five different cycles. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. So she's killing it in PT school and I'm super proud of her. So you never know. Yes. And I know the application process is just is really like the hard part of it all and just talking to some people who are about to kind of compile their application materials for this upcoming cycle i mean one like we said you just need one acceptance and then once you're in you have to work hard but i think like reflecting on it applying was the hardest part of it all yeah i agree i think applying is the hardest part because you know it takes a toll on you it's like the waiting game and then like am i going to get in you have to switch up your whole life and move then once you're in you kind of get into the swing of things at school and just you know it's rough but so worth it in the end and if you want to talk a little bit more about um your first semester of pt school and then after the first semester yeah, sure. So my first semester was a little different than um, a lot of others. So I kind of hit the ground running. I was super excited to be in PT school, I was voted class president of that class and said yes to everything. Um, kind of didn't know my limit to saying yes at that time. Um, along with trying to adjust to the curriculum at school and it kind of got overwhelming. I went home for winter break. Um, I was sleeping a lot, had no interest in like doing anything. And I realized that coming back that I was just really tired all the time, burnt out, and that my anxiety was at an all-time high. I thought I had it under control before school. Then March, I think it was like March 23rd was the day I decided to take a break from PT school. I, um, just to like tell you guys a quick story, I went to school on that day. Um, we had a lecture, I think it was in 2016. And I walked into it, I was a little late, but before that lecture, I called my mom and I was like, I don't think I can do it. Like, I was so burnt out, you know, I was upset. And she's just like, well, try going to lecture, see if it helps. And so I did. And then I went and I sat there and I was like, I have like no interest. I was just completely checked out. And I called my mom again and we kind of just made the decision that maybe I just needed to take time off. It was a very hard decision to make just because I had, you know, put everything into this, applied so many times, and this was my dream. but realizing that I wasn't doing what I wanted to do and being as successful at it kind of made me re rethink the path that I was going on. So then after that, I took the, from March 23rd to that following August off um, and reintegrated into the next class. But during that time off, I ended up seeing a psychologist and a psychiatrist who helped me kind of get on a healthier path. And I'm so glad that I did. Um, the medication that I'm on just helps kind of keep my anxiety at a healthy level during school, which I'm really glad that it does. You know, a lot of people don't talk about it. And I think it's something that we should talk about, the struggles that we do go through as students. So, I mean, having done on my, in my corner has really helped, like, keep me on a healthier path. So I'm really thankful for that. And my school has been super supportive of it. You know, I have accommodations when I would take tests. They would get me in a quiet room, extra time. So all of those things really helped. And if I needed, like if I was having an episode one day where I just felt like I couldn't get out of bed or my anxiety was really high, my teachers were really understanding about it and would work with me to make up the work if I needed to or have just been super supportive if I needed to talk about things. So I've been really lucky in that regard and I'm glad that my school has been great about that. And then after that year, the class I reintegrated into, I love. They're great. They're a 
great group of people and kind of been pushing through ever since. Um, I can go into more detail about it too if you'd like, but that's kind of where it all started. I think that's amazing, first of all, because a lot of people, you try, so you tried three or four times, like that's three or four years, you're just like trying, trying, trying to get in. You get in, your first semester, you make it through, and then it was what, partway through the next? Yeah, partway through the next. Partway through the next, I mean, I think people understanding their limits could help them immensely understand where they need to draw a line and maybe say, I need a break and it's okay to take a break because nobody really, I've never heard of that. I don't know. I shouldn't say like nobody has done this, but I just think it's so unique and people should sometimes consider it rather than dropping out altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think, you know, um, sometimes people think like they can handle how they're feeling and sometimes, you know, it's normal and a lot of people brush it under the rug, but sometimes it gets past the point of being normal. You know, like for instance, I started being like brain foggy. Like someone would say something to me and I needed them to repeat it like four different times. I woke up not wanting to go to school, even though, you know, that's what I wanted. I stopped wanting to do all the things that I enjoyed. So when things start changing and shifting in your life to that extreme, it's important to address that and really get a good supportive group around you of either, whether it be your teachers, medical professionals, and friends, just who understand and are going to help pull you through because that that's really important. And it's important to talk to someone about it when you need to. And be open with your classmates because I guarantee there's someone who is also going through the same struggle as you, for sure. That is so important. And I know we had an episode already about mental health in PT school, but just, you know, talking more about this, I think it just needs to come to light because, you know, people who are um, struggling with anxiety and say they've never had this before in undergrad and it's a whole new thing, um, new emotions that that go along with it. It's like, you don't know what to do. You want to talk to someone and you have like friends, but sometimes you just need um, to hear someone's story to say like, okay, I can open up about this. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so important. And the key is to not make somebody feel like they're needy or like it's unnecessary or they're blowing something out of proportion because then they're just going to shut down. Like, mm-hmm. and that could be the worst thing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think the best thing that I've had are friends that will kind of just check in on me. Like if I, you know, I'm, to myself or something they'll be like are you okay like do you need to talk about it and I'm just like well no I'm good you know it's just anxiety and sometimes you kind of just need to take a moment and, and gather yourself but I appreciate you for checking in and like always having that open door of communication is really great and like I've had other students approach me on how they can go about you know receiving help for their anxiety and stuff and that has been really great and eye-opening and I'm glad that they trust me enough to talk about it and I've encouraged them to seek help and a lot of them have been thriving since. So I'm glad when others kind of pull themselves through and and see that it's totally possible to get the help that you need and when you realize that it's important to take the jump and ask for help for sure. So you were out of school for how long was it? From March to August. March to August, okay. So look like five months or so. About five months. So in that time, were you also studying or just taking a total break um, from school in those five months? So in those five months, um, I got a little bit of extra just hands-on work in the field. Um, I worked as a chiropractor for like four or five months, and 
I just luckily he was super chill and young guy. He's like, yeah, just come in. You're a physical therapy student. If you want to work part time throughout the school year too, you're welcome to. Because my first semester I was there um, only a little bit because I kind of checked in for some classes because I was passing everything. So I didn't need to take classes for a grade. So I was allowed to work a little bit in between there. But I kind of just worked and like, you know, remembered why I wanted to be a PT or in the health field by working with patients. So I kind of worked as a chiropractic assistant for a little bit of time. And that was really cool because I got to see the side of things that they do and also like more about insurance and stuff. And I observed at some clinics around the Tampa Bay area just to keep up with PT. And yeah, I did a little bit of studying too. What helped a lot was during that semester that I kind of reintegrated into, I was able to study the stuff that I didn't get the first time around. So it was helpful to like understand and like I was able to teach other classmates stuff that they were new to because it was their first year and kind of helping them adjust. So it was a lot of teaching others and being taught by them, which was really cool because I was able to like just focus on school without having the added pressure of anxiety and grades, which was kind of nice um, not to be graded for a while. But then when I started being graded again, it was it was good because I would take the test. It was like they were mock tests for me just repair and reintegrate into taking tests that were actually graded. So I worked with like my psychologist to come up with ways to kind of decrease my anxiety within school and like come up with coping mechanisms that work. So it was a lot of working through things. Yeah. And that's so necessary. I mean, test anxiety is a huge thing, whether you have generalized anxiety, whether you have that or not, like test anxiety could be totally separate. And that's mm-hmm. something that PT students don't know how to cope with. And if you go to your advisor, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I'll keep this in the episode, but advisors aren't that helpful to be quite honest with you when you go and ask them about like, what should I do about test anxiety or something? And it's very vague advice, which mm-hmm. doesn't always help. Yeah. A lot of our professors you know, in general, this is a very general statement, a lot of them might not understand what a student is going through from a perspective of a student, because it's been a long time since they've been students, and the curriculum has changed since then. We're now in a DPT program, which some of them can be a little harder than what it used to be, is my assumption, and depending on the school you go to, every curriculum is different, and the amount of work that's required is different, so just the stress on each student is obviously different, so I think, you know, sometimes with advisors, it's hard to find the right one to talk to, but I encourage students to still seek out a professor or someone that they can connect with because no matter who it is, they're going to direct you to on-campus resources and everybody that you can talk to, which is kind of their job. It's their job to be there for you. So don't hesitate to talk to them. Yeah. And what were some of the most common coping mechanisms that have helped you? Maybe not most common, but what was most helpful for you when it came to getting through testing anxiety? Yeah, so getting through my testing anxiety, I would say, um, like, the first few things, okay, so I don't know about you guys, but I would start to think, like, I don't know any of this material, like, I have it all in front of me, like, I don't remember learning this in class, like, it's super hard, or my classmates studied it already, or, like, they understand it so easily, so what my first coping mechanism was to stop comparing myself to other people. I'm on my own route, like, I'm going to learn this at my own pace, and if it takes a little bit longer, that's okay as long as I get it by the end. So I've started studying by myself and then I would reintegrate into the group. So that way I didn't feel like I wasn't on the same page as everyone else and would stop the comparison, um, which is really helpful. And then a lot of the other coping mechanisms that I have are I got my dog, which is a really good coping mechanism. 
I think it just helps to have like a pet. I'm a very big advocate for that. They help you get out and do things. You come home and they kind of take you out of the world of PT school because I know like my first semester, I was at school every single weekend studying all weekend. And so to have someone to come home to um, that depends on me, it also puts me on a good schedule and like keeps me on, on track. Another healthy coping mechanism is working out. So going to the gym and making sure to eat healthy, prep your meals, do things for you. I also try to take one day a week where I don't study. And just if I want to watch, you know, some cheesy show like The Bachelor, like I put it on without guilt, you know, like I try to do things guilt-free. And I think the other coping mechanism that I have is just being open with my struggles that I do have rather than bottling it all up. Um, like I will let my professors know openly, like I'm having a rough week, like I kind of need a day or, you know, I'll tell my friends, like this isn't a really good week for me if I, you know, I'm a little brain foggy and ask you to repeat it a couple times, please don't hate me <laughs> for like having you teach me over and over again. But I, I think just being open about it has been a stress relief, stress reliever for me because I'm not constantly thinking I'm going to be judged if, you know, I have a good support system that completely understands. Yeah, that's, that's so important too. And you're going to have those off weeks or off days mm -hmm. and that is totally okay. And I think the most important thing is you need to take time for yourself. And if that means, you know, watching Netflix or The Bachelor guilt-free, I think that's so hard like to think if you're doing something not related to PT school or not studying and you're like, I should be doing this, this, and this. And you're just taking time to yourself. You just have to think, okay, well, this is going to help my mental health. Like for, mm -hmm. I don't know, the next, the next few hours. Like, I think that's hard for people to adjust to at first, especially in the first semester of school um, and even beyond. Like a lot of us are probably still <laughs> struggling to find that balance. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, that balance probably didn't come to me until after my first year just kind of getting your feet wet and realizing, I think you have to kind of prove it to yourself in a sense, like you made it through your first year. And like, that just is a projection that you want to keep having throughout the next two years. So it's a good trajectory um, to have. So it's, I think when you prove things to yourself that you can overcome those things, it's a big eye opener. So having those um, things that you can overcome really important. And I think, yeah, so I think just going along with, oh, like planning, that's what I was going to say, like having like a planner to plan out your day. Like, I don't know if everybody uses planners. I used to never be a planner person. I'd rely like on my roommate to tell me when things are due or whatever, but planning out my whole day has helped with stress levels because I'm like, okay, at least if I get this done today, like I feel good about it, whether it's one thing, like I'm going to just do it just so that way I don't think about it the next day. Just checking things off the list always feels really good and just managing your time enough for you. You know what I mean? Like, I always tell my friend who's in her first year of PT school now, there's always gonna be something to do, no matter what. Like every day you're gonna have a list, but it doesn't matter what, as long as you accomplish something, you're gonna feel good about yourself later. For sure. List never ends. <laughs> so true. Such a real thing. And I don't know if people make it through the first year of PT school without a planner. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a, that's a freaking miracle. Firstly, <laughs> that's my lifesaver. Like that's my lifeline. And I think if you're starting to realize you're feeling really anxious, that would be my first step personally. That's what I did, but I don't know. What would you say would be your first step? As soon as you start to realize you're feeling anxious or depressed or whatever, 
would you say is the first thing to do? The first thing to do, honestly, is for me either to do something for yourself. So take like an hour to bring your level from like an eight down to like a two or three. So whether that's, you know, going to work out or going to go do something and then face what it was that you didn't want to face. So as long as you can face it with lower anxiety, it's not going to trigger you as much. So then I would say go to your planner, make that list and check those things off. So that way, you know, it's less overwhelming and you realize it's not the end of the world. Like you took an hour for yourself. Now it's time to get down to work and see what you have to check off that list. But taking the time to breathe a minute and then face it always works for me. Once you materialize it and write it down, it's like not so jumbled. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Cause like, I, like we just said, there's so much to always do in PT school. Like, I don't know how we, how we ever got it done, but we do. <laughs> like, <it was> never <laughs> for real. I'm just laughing cause it's true. I'm just having like a moment. Yeah. <laughs> break, but after this, it's not really a break because we have like a bajillion things to as soon as we get back. Oh, so, like, gosh, it really isn't. Have you guys seen that meme of like, I think it's like a dog or something in a room and there's like fire all around and yes. they say it's going to be okay. This That's is literally fine. PT school. Yeah, like this, yeah yes. exactly. That's the meme I related to. Like, it's fine. Like, it's always something. But, you know, you just learn to grin and smile through it. Like, it's cool. <laughs> People ask, how's PT school going? This is fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true, though. If you want to talk a little more about your residency application and kind of going through that process for anybody who's interested or is not even really thinking about if they want to do a residency and um, how to kind of start all of that. Yeah. So the first thing I want to bring up about residency in general is to figure out like if you as a clinician, at least this was my thought process with it. Do you want more training in a specific field that you want to go into? Um, like for neuro, I feel like there's always something to learn. For instance, so I'll, I'm going into neuro, I, like, I'll talk about that, but there's always different patient presentations and you want to kind of be mentored within your first year of graduating from PT school. And mentorship is really important to me and making sure that I'm going to be the best clinician that I can be to treat patients is the reason why I wanted to pursue a residency. So I think um, that kind of what is what catapulted me into doing it. And then specifically, I've gotten to talk to a couple past residents that have spoken nothing but high, highly of like a bunch of the residency programs in my area. So that's kind of inspired me to feel like where they are now is where I possibly could be one day. And knowing that they're, they've gained all this knowledge through a residency program has been really helpful. And also having faculty and staff from the residency programs come teach in my PT program has been great as well because I've gotten to see, you know, these are people that can mentor me. So that has been really great to make those connections. And I would encourage anyone who's applying for a residency program to at least get their face out there, you know, have them know who you are, call and ask questions. If you can do a clinical at that place, because then they kind of get to know you as a student and as a person and can kind of what you would be like as a resident treating patients within their facility and I think it's also important to make sure that you have a wide background of extracurricular stuff to put on your application such as the community service conferences and anything else that inspires you to want to pursue PT whether it's like another credit that you want to do like a manual therapy course or LSBT big I know does credits credits for students so I know that's something that we can get accredited in. Um, there's so many options out there for extracurriculars that you can do. 
but I think that's really important. Another aspect I would tell people to make sure they have is strong letters of recommendation, especially from a clinical mentor and from professors that can vouch for you as a student. Um, having both of those things will kind of show who you are in a different light through someone else's eyes. Because you can always talk yourself up, right? But if other people can back that up and really show that that's who you are, I think that's great. One other aspect that I included on my residency application for one of the places I applied to was a letter of intent because I felt like I couldn't get it across within a thousand characters in those essays. So I just included a letter of why I want to work with a certain population and why specifically there because I want them to know like this is where I want to be like through everything I've experienced this is my number one. And I'm trying to think of what else was important to include. It wasn't as daunting as like the PT cast application for PT school so that was good. Um, but I would say that the hardest part was getting, making sure to include all your extracurriculars, oh, updating your CV and resume to kind of reflect that too, because you have to enter everything in. I would say those are like the key components, I would say, and your essays. Um, kind of getting people to read that and give you good feedback is really important. It's quite a process you're going through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quite a process. But I think it's, it's so vital for people to go through residencies. And for you, what made you want to do a neuro residency? Yeah, so neuro has kind of always been like my passion growing up. Um, I have a cousin that has MS and was able to kind of go through PT and dance at her wedding. So that was really important to me to watch. And since then I've been catapulted into neuro and like I love the brain and I think it's so cool how it works. So. I know that I always want to continually learn. I've just always been like a lifelong learner and neuro, I feel like is like a population that we can always make a difference, always use PT and their stories are so inspiring. It's just, I love it so much and it's great. I think it just brings me so much joy just to like work with patients. Like I have a love now. I realized for spinal cord injury. Like it's so cool. Like the things that they overcome and I mean, it's great. Like, Oh, it's just so inspiring. So that's kind of why I'm pursuing it. And I feel like, I hope I get a residency. We'll see. But, you know, fingers crossed. But yeah, that's kind of why I'm pursuing it. That is so amazing, too. And just, you know, the opportunity to work with that patient population is so important. But did you know PT school, you want to work with neuropatients? Or was there a moment in PT school or during a clinical that it kind of solidified, like, all right, this is the patient population that I want to treat? Um, I think ever since that moment, like with my cousin at her wedding, it kind of just showed me, you know, like, this is what I want to do. And I feel like neuro's kind of always been around in some form for me, like, um, that my grandma has Alzheimer's, for example. So like, that's also inspired me. I feel like the brain is so complicated and to kind of be a part of a group of healthcare professionals that kind of help solve the issues that kind of go along with it is really important to me. Um, I also have a friend whose son has CP. So being around him as well has really just inspired me to want to pursue that even more so. And I feel like even being in my neuro class and getting exposed to all of it, I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is what I love. Because ortho doesn't really do it for me. Like I just need more than that. And I like the whole complexity of the neuro population. So for me, like that's just always kind of what catapulted it. I feel like I've always known that's what I wanted to do. Very cool. Neuro can be a butt kicker for some people. And <laughs> that's neat. But <laughs> that it's essential like you need people like you going into these really complex pathologies and things that different clinical cases it it can be intense I'm sure and it I'm sure 
the experience is also so emotional. And based on what you've gone through, I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Kind of both that you can help them so much. Yeah. You know, I think one of the biggest lessons, for instance, going along with what you said that I've learned so far is on my current clinical, we do a lot of ALS evaluations. So they'll come in and we'll see them for like mobility equipment and just see how they're doing functionally. And, you know, after my first ALS eval, I was kind of a little torn because it's such a hard diagnosis to work with because we kind of know where it's going to lead. Right. So it was really hard for me. And I, you know, talked to my CI and I was like, how do you deal with it? And he goes, well, first I'm a guy. So it's a little easier for me to like deal with it emotionally. But he's like, on another aspect too, I feel like, you know, comparing like the population that we deal with the most, which is SCI and ALS. Um, he's like, I just feel like, you know, they're just so grateful for everything that you can do for them in that moment. And they live life to the fullest. So just kind of seeing it from that perspective, like what can I do for them right now? Like to keep their whole life in check for right now is kind of what gets me through. Like I can, you know, get them a walker that's going to help them walk for the next couple months. And that is enough to keep their quality of life going. And that just, I don't know, just being a part of that small bit of their journey just makes it all worth it. Oh, that's so perfect. Your ability to help somebody, even in a situation where, like you said, you know the outcome. It's like helping, 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 helping people who, who are maybe not necessarily terminally ill, but that makes a huge difference. Those little things that you give to them is life-changing. And it's not just about the physical aspect. It's about now they can go out into the community with their family. Now maybe they're not so depressed every morning because they don't really want to get out of bed because they can't do very much, et cetera, et cetera. Like the list goes on and on. So I applaud what you and every other person going into neuro or something like that does every day. It's a lot and it's vital. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think, you know, what you said is kind of what hits the nose or the nail right on the head for PT. (laughs) as a whole um because that's what we do is we give people those small abilities back to me it's all the like little things that we get to be cheerleaders for um whether that's kind of getting rid of their back pain for an hour during the day and they suffer so i think it's about giving them like the freedom to kind of do things that they want to do such as like getting rid of like you know the back pain for a couple hours during the day or giving them the ability to walk for a few hours and conserve that energy is super important i had a cute als patient who's there with his wife and we were doing a wheelchair mobility fitting and everything he was like wow that's wonderful you're so great just it's so great i can't believe that you're just all these things i was just like oh my heart just it's the cutest little old man that you just want to put in your pocket. You know, it's things like that, that they had no idea existed, that they, like, are excited. Oh, yeah. And just being there for those moments, it's just, oh, my gosh, it's so great. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm really excited to take – I'm in neuro now, but I'm not mm-hmm. in – we have adult neuro rehab, and that's working with patients. So when I get to that point, I'm actually really excited about it. That's super cool. It sounds like a really cool aspect of your class. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I think just getting exposure is so important too. And um, oh my gosh, I just love that you're doing that. It makes me so happy. 
Oh, you guys are so sweet. I can't <laughs> wait to hear about your like clinical experiences. And like, I'm sure you guys have had that one patient that like just sticks out to you. You think about like, man, I was a part of that journey. Like you saw them from beginning to discharge and it's just so cool. Like that aspect of everything. And for you, for neuro, so this may be a dumb question, but <laughs> for, Never a dumb question. for a neuro residency, like, are you necessarily in inpatient or is it also outpatient or like, what are your options? Yeah, good question. So depending on where you go, um, I'll talk about the two places that I apply to. Um, so there's different areas of the hospital. So you can do like outpatient neuro, which is like general, like obviously they're going to come, you'll see depth, like a wide variety. But you could rotate through that. There could be spinal cord injury, brain injury. What else? You might be able to see stroke patients, Parkinson's. So you get a wide variety. Um, vestibular, for instance, one of the ones that I applied to, they had like a multitude of different clinics within the hospital. Like I think like six or seven different neuro clinics. And the other has a couple too. So it also depends on like what you want to specialize in, like to make sure that they have that. For instance, not every neuro residency has vestibular on their list. If that's something that you want to look into, I would make sure to kind of have that option with the neuroresonancy that you're applying to. Dip is kind of cool. There's a lot that you can do with it. Um, it's kind of cool that you can treat someone in one session. So when you guys get to learn about that, it's, it's really cool. But yeah, there's a ton of things that you can do. Some offer teaching options where you can teach at a local school or others are more research heavy. And ultimately, they prepare you for your NCS, which is to be certified to treat patients neurological disorders so I think you know it's it's trajectory that's really cool because you get to specialize in something that, that you're passionate about definitely no that's amazing and for uh the residencies that you applied for is the residency a year or two years or when is how long is that time yeah so from my understanding um they range from like 12 to 13 months most residencies mine are about 13 months within um the time period one other thing to consider too is I graduate in August and some of these residencies start in like August or September time frame and our NPTE wouldn't be until October so you might have to study for your residency at the same time that you're taking the studying to take the NPTE but I've started studying like months in advance for it just in case that happens so that way I don't have to worry about it but it's another thing to consider is do you have to take your NPTE early will your school allow you to do that or are you going to be studying and also completing a residency so there's a lot that goes into it, but it's worth it. I'm so excited for you. You're going to have to keep us updated. Oh, I definitely will, for sure. I'll keep my fingers crossed and let you guys know how it goes. <laughs> we are so excited for you and just to, just to hear about the rest of your journey through your rotations and graduating and taking the MPTE. One last, one last question we usually like to ask is what advice would you give to an aspiring PT student or a current PT student? So the biggest piece of advice that I have is PT school or any schooling that you pursue is what you make it to be. So go out there and say yes to things that you're passionate about. Do community service opportunities because the more you have under your belt, the more it reminds you of why you're doing what you're doing and the more patients and people you're interacting with and the more lives you get to touch and inspire, which is so great. Um, and you're giving back to people who need it. So I think that's what I would say is go out and do community service and serve people because that's what our job is. And always remind yourself of that. Cause I know sometimes in PT school, we forget why we do what we're doing. And I would say, go and pursue that. And if there's a scholarship you want to do or um, anything that's 
of that merit, I would say go for it. You never know if you're going to get it. Just always pursue what you want. And I think it'll be a great journey as long as you pursue things that are important to you. Great advice. I haven't, I don't think we've heard that one yet. I think that's a oh, new good. one. Oh, good. I love it so much. Yeah. Cause sometimes you forget, like you get oh, bogged down in the work during midterms and you just need, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you might not even think about it. And you know, if there's an opportunity on a Saturday just to go for a few hours, like to a homeless shelter or soup kitchen, like take that opportunity. And sometimes we just need that reminder and say like, you know, this is why I'm in this profession is helping as many people as I can. And yeah, it's just amazing. And yeah. it helps your mental health. It does. It's yes. perspective. It really does. It forces you to take a break and realize that there's more to life than PT school, which is so important. Agreed. Yes. <laughs> and for anybody who wants to reach out to you um, with any questions, where can they find you on social media? Yeah. For, so for social media, mainly on Instagram, they can reach out to me um, at PT with Chloe. So that's mainly where I'm at. Or you can find me on Facebook, Chloe Marino, and I'll answer any questions. It's great being on. Thanks, guys. Oh, of course. Thanks for coming on, firstly, and being open to talk about like some of the hard stuff and taking a break for PT school. It's incredible. We appreciate you being on. Well, thanks. It's great being on. Yes. Thank you so much. And we know that everybody who's listening is going to benefit from everything that you said. So we thank you again. No problem. I hope you guys have a great rest of your year. Keep me updated. Oh, of course. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.